You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. This week, I have joined the heads of the three families. I'm joined by host of podcast Unlocked, Ryan McCaffrey. Who called them up for a five You guys also have to do. Uh, oh no! Very offensive Italian. Oh, get that Martin Brando well. impressions. Uh, host of our Nintendo Voice Chat podcast, Zach Ryan. Ah, uh, thank you. And host of podcast Beyond, Jonathan Dornbush. Take that, Jeff Keeley. And oh, we're oh, here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And we have, have you been waiting all week to say that? Yes, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I've I've rehearsed a lot of jokes for today. I've assembled you all so we can uh, sort of uh, hash out uh, the year that was 2018 on each of your platforms. We'll discuss sort of the, the pros and cons that each platform has, and then at, maybe at the end of all this, we'll see if there is a clear winner uh, for 2018, or or maybe maybe there isn't. <laughs> maybe uh-huh. everyone was just equally awesome or terrible this year. I don't know. We're about to find out. Um, now, of course, I know that the uh, IGN comments section is a very realistic uh, representation of gamers. So Metered one to one. You guys yeah. hate each other pretty much. So yeah. Let's try to keep this clean, everybody. Let's be respectful of each other. Yeah, right? there was Fair. a uh, there was a metal detector on the way in. Yep. It was like yep. a, you know, like the the meeting of the all the gangsters in the dark it's night like, where they they have to all like yeah, take all their guns out. That and scene in the Matrix stuff. when he like yeah. opens. Yeah, up yeah. Jack. I had yeah. seventy yeah. Thunderdome yeah. right. Yeah. So let's yeah. try to let's try to keep let's, things keep things clean here. Sure, disappear. But we're gonna begin with the PlayStation Four. 
Jonathan, before we Hold get into this, is there anything you wanted to sort of get out there? I've got the whole report card Vita here. sucks. <laughs> Vita aside, <laughs> sir. Vita lives. Uh, the only thing I would say as a preface, I too have many notes. Uh, okay, wow. We had the best year, I think, unequivocally. PS4 had the best year. Mm. Uh, just going by Game of the Year nominees at IGN, we have four of the 12 as PS4 yeah. exclusives. Four of the 12? Yes. I know about God of War. God of War, of Spider-Man, Astrobot, and Astro. Tetris Effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tetris Effect. All right, wow. great yeah. show, Damon. Yeah, yeah so we're done. <laughs> yeah, we can just really call it with those. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, generally, we can go through it sort of bit by bit, but I think this year was the year that Sony has been leading up to hmm. since they well, kind of revealed everything at E3 a couple years ago. So, mm-hmm. well, okay, yeah. So the P- PS4 is five years old now. Yes. This is the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five years uh, used to be a ripe old age for a console. Um, and then, of course, there was that news story this year, a very well-performing news story for us, where some executive at, at, at Sony uh, said that the PS4 was entering the final phase yeah. mm-hmm. of its life cycle. <laughs> Do you feel like um, like this this is like the sweet spot for uh, in terms of its software library? Yeah, I mean, if it's a final phase, it's a hell of a way to start going out. I think this has been, not just for PS4, but Xbox One in general, like third party and first party, this is sort of the culmination of all the work of this generation so far. Hmm. I think a lot of the beginning of this gen was built on the back of the last gen and people playing catch up, people, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, there are still a lot of re-releases and remasters going on, but it felt like we were relying a lot on that stuff, whereas this year felt like a really great benchmark, especially for PS4 of what that system can do and achieve. I mean, we saw last generation, the the sort of third, effectively like the third wave of games towards the end of that 360 PS3 generation, the Bioshock Infinites of the world. Mm. Uh, like on 360, you know, Halo 4 came in at the end of the generation and was just brilliant from, every, especially in the technical department. It was like, how did you do this on an eight, eight-year-old console? It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. So it's we're, we're seeing that now, I think, yeah. with PS4. Uh, certainly, and to to an extent, uh, Xbox as well. Yeah, I think we're seeing the push both graphically and narratively in what these worlds can be, especially with something like God of War and mm. Spider-Man. I think you're seeing... I, I don't think that it comes as a surprise to anybody that... that Six plus years of development on any system will will teach you the tips and tricks and secrets that you need to create something bigger and better than where you started, right? Hmm. And it's it's totally a cyclical thing where every generation you see sort of the biggest and the best games come out towards the end of that life cycle. So Jonathan actually made a really good point at the beginning when he was talking there about how if this is really the end of the PS4 life cycle, that they're really starting it off with a bang because this year has been an incredible year. And I mean, 2017 was no slouch either. Yeah. So I think that that regardless of if you set if you set the benchmark so high at the beginning, hmm. uh. And you're just building on that, like towards the end of that life cycle, you know, this year, next year, we're going to see just incredible stuff on on both Xbox and uh, uh, PS4. Yeah. So I think 2018 on PS4, it's really about God of War and Spider-Man. Yes. Mm-hmm. When it really yeah. comes down to it. Both of those games are in the top 10 best-selling games of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably worth noting that as of December 1st, there is no Nintendo or Microsoft published game in that list. Uh, we'll see if, if Smash can make Smash. it in there. I think Smash, 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 Smash will be there. Yeah, yeah. before yeah. the end of the year. Hearing really good things about its pre-orders. Uh, the ship may have sailed for any Microsoft game in uh, 2018. I mean, <clears throat> Forza Horizon 4 is also a Game of the Year nominee. It is... When we talk about Xbox, it is, I mean, by default, yes, the best Xbox game of the year, but also a legitimate best game across the industry kind of year. And it it has sold better than ever, but yeah, it just hasn't, it hasn't sold on the order of Spider-Man or God of War. Yeah. And then Jonathan, you reviewed both God of War and (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. Coincidentally. Of course. Uh, Your God of War review is the most read article on IGN this year. 
Thank you, everyone, for reading that. That's very nice to hear. Uh, I worked very hard on that review. It's probably one of the things I'm proudest of while I've been at IGN. And then your Spider-Man review is the fourth most read article on IGN this year. Not bad either. Um, Two and three (laughs) are both Kingdom Hearts. Come on. (laughs) Of course, both are big uh, AAA single-player games, uh, also something that... My, neither Microsoft nor Nintendo offered this year. And they are dead. Single player games Single are, player dead. Games <laughs> are so. dead. That's pretty. That's true. Um, yeah. But then they're also, Sony also had Detroit this year. Detroit Become Human. Yeah. Uh, which I know uh, uh, it has its fans, it has its supporters, but didn't, Ma- didn't make waves. Yeah. We gave like, it an eight. Uh, yeah. They just announced it sold two million copies. So it's certainly not, you know, yeah. floundering. Yeah. It's not at the heights of God of War and Spider Man's sales, but it's definitely doing pretty well. Yeah. And we also saw, at least for me, what's a really interesting note. As a PS4 gamer, we saw the PSVR have this weird resurgence this year. I wanted to mention VR, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I think both the sales, they were really smart about uh, the bundles they put out for Black mm-hmm. Friday and all of that and knocking the prices down for those, I think really helped it. But also just the flow of games. Like I, six months ago, a year ago, would not have said PSVR would have been my most one of my most played systems or things mm. this fall. But between Astrobot, Firewall, uh, Tetris Effect, uh, Moss, Cine, Moss mm-hmm. like it has been a phenomenal year for a thing that I think we all for a little while were like, is this just going to die in two months? Uh, I want to go back to Detroit for a second. Yeah, though, sure. yeah of course. Like, I, I, I've said this before on IGN shows, but I really appreciate Sony funding and putting out Quantic Dream games in the sense that they, they are triple-A caliber, triple-A budget adventure games. Yeah. Like, you know, Telltale's been, had been doing it up until the the unfortunate uh, end this year, but, like, nobody else in the industry, third party or first party, is putting out those incredibly cinematic, uh, completely story-driven games like that. And Mm -hmm. I really liked it. Detroit for me, it fell apart at the end. I thought the, 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 it just, the story couldn't quite hang on at the end, but, Boy, I really enjoyed the ride, and I think it's it's not as good as Heavy Rain. It's definitely better than Beyond Two Souls. Um, but yeah, it was, I feel what like it was, Indigo Prophecy. I actually yeah. never played Indigo Prophecy, so I have to say I have to uh, plead the fifth on that one, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I, I'm I don't know what the future holds with that relationship. You know, there was some sort of not so great rumors about the studio this yeah, year. Yeah, tough, whether, a tough year PR wise for what, Quantic yeah, Dream. Whether, yeah, whether Sony yeah. will maintain that because they, they don't own uh, Quantic Dream, correct? But that's like, I, at I this point, they're, so. they're essentially a second party studio, I mean, right? But we, yeah. hey, uh, Remedy was uh, kind of had that relationship going with Microsoft, Touché. and yeah, they, you know, there was a decision there, either mutual or, or on one yeah. side or the other, to, to not continue that. I, so I, I, don't, I don't know what the future holds for Quantic Dream, but I really, I, even though I didn't love, love, love Detroit. I really, really liked it a lot and I was just glad to see it come out. I would imagine given that it has done well, you know, I don't think they expected it to do what God of War or Spider-Man has done. Um, But I think given that it's doing decently and it was well received enough, I think it probably is very much looking ahead at what is the next project from them. I I think that'll be sort of the determination for how that relationship goes further. Uh, getting back to PSVR yes. uh, for a second, yeah. even though VR hasn't really caught fire the way a lot of people thought it would, it's been out for the, the you know it's been out for a couple of years now. Yeah, um, Sony is the only console platform that offers VR, mm-hmm. and it had a, a legitimate a legitimate game of the year contender this mm-hmm. year in Astrobot. So couple of them. Yeah, is PSVR? Do you think that is sort of like a, an advantage? that PS4 that Sony has over its competitors? I mean, yes and no. I, I do think it is a very unique experience if you are primarily a console player that you can't get in other places. And with the experiences they've offered this year, like if you have a PS4, 
you should definitely pick up a PSVR. Like if you can spend the money on it, Astrobot alone for me is such a joyous experience. But even something like Tetris Effect, which can be played both in and out of VR, like that game is so ingrained in its uh, visuals and its audio and to have that fully immersed around you. There are experiences like that are unlike anything else you can have on consoles. And so Mm. don't get me wrong. I think the tech still has places to go. It can still definitely improve in a lot of ways. Mm. The just the cable length could even be better, like small little quality (laughs) of life things could be better. But overall, I think it was a very impressive, especially like sort of six month span for a VR that if you are a PS4 gamer and you have the extra income to spend on it is well worth it. Well, it's also really interesting because uh, I feel like a lot of the times you get lost in this conversation about VR in, in, you know, even up to earlier this year we were talking yeah. about how the PSVR was dead, right? Like, like there was just not enough support for it or, or, or the games weren't good enough or whatever. But you have to understand that VR is still in its infancy. Like it's still so new and people are still learning how to create the right kind of experience, the right kind of games. And this is the first year uh, in my time in the industry that I've heard anybody talk about games that are are revolutionary, revolutionary in the way that, that like I hate to use an antiquated term, but like a, an actual killer app, right? Like the way that people are talking about Astrobot, the way that people are talking about Tetris Effect in VR, they're game changers. They're the kinds of things that make people see it and want to go out and experience it because they're only experienced in one particular vehicle, right? Um, and I think in terms of in the install base, there was an insane Black Friday deal for PSVR that put it into a lot of people's homes this year. Yeah, so I, I think mm-hmm. that given that boon at the end of the year, we might see a bigger and better year for PR, PSVR next year. Absolutely, yeah. But is there any big software that's announced for PSVR that we're looking forward to? I think that's the thing that'll really determine its future, but I think that we also, there's not a ton announced, I think, at this point, but you also, I think we have to take that with a grain of salt and not say, well, the PSVR is going to be dead in 2019. Like, I think we can't repeat the same conversation next year until we see a little bit more, because really, for 2019 in total, we don't know much beyond April for next year in general, but we are going to get things like, uh, Everybody's Golf is like a fun PS4 exclusive that a lot of people love in the PS4 community, and there will be a VR version of that. Mm. Uh, Ghost Giant is coming. We saw that at E3, and that was a wonderful little, like, diorama adventure sort of story. Uh, There are a few more things coming next year, and so there are the baby steps of it, and I think things like seeing the success of Astrobot, there will be an Astrobot too. I don't think that's a hard sell. So, I think it's just a matter of them us giving them the time to announce these things. I really want a Batman Arkham VR too. I know it's not going to happen because, I mean, or I don't know, but it does seem like, and it seemed at the time that it was a... Sony basically funded a small team of of Rocksteady. It's like, hey, hey, we need something cool for the launch of our VR unit. Can you guys help us out? And they were able to do that. But man, I I I really want to see that explored further. But I know they're, I'm sure now, 100% committed to whatever their next not Superman AAA project is. Probably. We did also, interestingly, this year, though, see a lot of movie studios have things like a a Justice League VR experience or like there was the a Marvel Spider-Man thing. homecoming experience, the Marvel yeah. thing. Like we're seeing a lot of uh, movie companies take to VR as quick experiential things and I think as those also progress, they're just like a fun little additive experience to mm. that. They're not great, don't get it's, me wrong. They're not the reason to buy VR. Exactly, it's not, like, it's not something that's going to make that system viable for, no, but, in, or give it any sort of longevity. Yeah, they've been better than I've expected, sure. but I do, like something like Arkham, when I first played that, it was like, oh, I am Batman. I felt like Batman. There is a joy to that experience that you can't quite extrapolate to when the camera is not immediately in your face. Yeah. 
All right, now there was some bad publicity for Sony this year. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> All year long, Sony was very stubborn in its resistance to uh, cross-platform play and playing nice with other platforms. And you've got Microsoft and Nintendo saying, hey, we have no problem with this. And Sony was very stubborn and resistant to that idea. They finally, were, their hand was basically forced, Yes. but it still even it hasn't reali been realized yet, right? They say, we, okay, we'll, we'll make sure it happens in the future. Fortnite is cross-play compatible okay. with other platforms. They're calling their, uh, essentially the PS Force capabilities for cross-platform play in beta currently, with Fortnite being the only game that offers that mm -hmm. currently. So that's where that idea stands. Okay. Um, yeah, it's they've really been doing that for a couple of years now, where cross-platform play was clearly becoming a bigger and bigger thing with games like Minecraft and Rocket League and continuing on it's crazy to see them keep to that sort of like bullheaded oh we don't need this we don't need this but i also understand it from like we're the market leader we don't need to give in until the last minute is i think where that came from i'm not saying that was a good choice i think that was yeah. a bad choice <laughs> but i can see why they made those decisions yeah and i don't think it helps that right now sony's in this weird place where nintendo obviously has the directs which are great ways to communicate directly with players xbox has been investing in inside xbox as a way mm -hmm. to directly communicate to players PlayStation doesn't have that. They have the PlayStation blog, but it is largely personality empty. Like there's really no person I think of when I think of PlayStation as like, oh, those three people are the face of PlayStation. We do know Sean Layden, of course, but yeah. and Shuhei Yoshida, but Shuhei has taken a bit of a step back. Sean, we only see intermittently. And especially with them having been on the defensive for some of these more architectural things, mm -hmm. I don't think they've done a great job of presenting themselves as a direct consumer. Yeah, they did, company. and they didn't do PSX this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that, that was a smart call. You know, like I don't necessarily think that that was a bad uh, decision on their part because if they don't have anything to show, then it, well, it it seems better to me to hold that for a year and and make their E3 or PSX 2019. Well, not E3 either. You're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess like holding for PSX 2019 and making that a banger, like that seems to be a better decision to me than getting out in front of 100,000 people and disappointing them. And you could have still yeah. had a community so. event without the press conference. Sure. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, think in terms of... Go ahead. No, you... No, I think in terms of like bad PR this year and like the way that we're talking about the PlayStation, like they had it the easiest. I, I think that, that the things that... the Sorry, the flubs that they had... Uh, kind of pale in comparison. So I think the stuff that, that they were dealing with is a little less uh, serious. Yeah, I think PSX, having no PSX was one day of bad press, but like forward thinking, it makes a lot of sense and I think it's the smartest thing they could have done. I, I think we're getting into a space where we're probably going to have a relatively quiet 2019 for PlayStation. So I think they probably are smart to take that step back to say, rather than just showing you the same things we've been showing you six times, mm -hmm. let's not do that and let them speak for themselves when they're about ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, so, okay. Yeah. All, all that considered, yes. did the PlayStation 4 have a good year? I think it had an amazing year. Amazing year. Yes. Okay. A, a 9.0 on IGN. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I think it had a phenomenal year. Some of those press flubs aside, and I definitely think they need to be better about addressing those issues and speaking like people and not a robotic company, because even when they did give in to cross-play and things like that, it was very much like, after careful consideration of our company's procedures cool. and operation methods, yeah. it's like, no player cares about that. Well, like, let's not, also, let's not forget about the half-ass way they deal with the uh, uh, handle changes. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, that, was, yeah. that was pretty bad, too. Yeah. yeah. the Still just coming sometime in the future. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think they're like doing an early beta this year, and then it'll be fully available for people in March, but there are but so only for caveats some caveats to and it, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. which could cause big problems. I think they knowing what they had for this year and knowing that there will be a bit of a gap, they really, really focused on this year and made it a tremendous year, 
even if that means the next mm-hmm. year may not be nearly as great. Well, so let's look ahead that, that next year for, yeah. for just a minute. How is 2019 looking? I think we the only uh, the only sure things are Days Gone and MLB The Show. MLB The Show is always there yeah. and will forever and be it's there. And <laughs> it's almost always excellent. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's true. Uh, Days Gone is in April. Uh, they've said Concrete Genie, which is a smaller title, but still an exclusive, will be coming in uh, the springtime, I think. Concrete Genie for. looks cool. I played that. It was cool. Yeah. It looks really cool. Uh, there is the Eternal Dreams release, which we will see at some Sometime, point. Yeah. They have still committed to, as of two weeks ago, I haven't checked in yet, but they still committed to the fact that the beta for Dreams would come out before the end of 2018. Hmm. Uh, probably in between recording this and posting, it will somehow, <laughs> it will change to yeah. 2019, but that's an eternal question. Uh, obviously, I think we will get more PSVR titles, like I was saying with everybody's Golf VR and probably Ghost Giant and a few other things. Um, but I think beyond that, we really don't know. The Last of Us 2, Death Stranding, and Ghost of Tsushima are the mm-hmm. last big pillars of PlayStation right now. Uh, Medieval will also come out next year, but those three are like the big pillars. One of those games has to come out. I think right. one of them At will. At least one of them. Which one's yeah. the most likely? Ghosts. I, I know what's not the most. I mean, Death, <laughs> Death Stranding is probably... I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it might be a lot unless, closer than yeah, we think. Uh, unless yeah. Death Stranding turns out to be smaller in scope. Yeah. Than true. It, it, it could like a, be. True. It, it might be like a five-hour game. But they're not going to rush. They're not going to rush... Kojima. They're not going to rush him, but that guy, that's not even in that dude's vocabulary. Right. The yeah. word rush. It's not possible. Um, I honestly think Death Stranding could be number one or two of the three. I think Last of Us. I think that's the furthest out. Last of Us, yeah. me too. I think well, that's the biggest one. Probably the most important it, one. Right? Yeah. It's probably the biggest and most important. And I think they know it is the furthest away. And that is why, like, if they had anything Last of Us related to show, they would have still had PSX. I think that game alone would draw people enough and make people care. Simultaneous release on PS4 and PS5? If not simultaneous, six months to a year apart. I mean, I mean we saw that for the original Last of Us. Yeah, the Last of Us. Within the first year of the PlayStation Life cycle, we got that remastered. And it, so. it sold millions yeah. of copies because so many PS4 owners had not played it. Yeah. So I think we're going to talk about this theory uh, when we talk about Nintendo. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I, I think we'll definitely see one of those games next year. I think it really depends on just what the development life cycles of all three are. I think otherwise the other two will come in 2020 mm-hmm. and straddle the line of PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing worth mentioning is that yes. uh, PlayStation Plus will be losing some value in 2019. It'll be losing PS3 and Vita games. Yeah, so starting in, I believe... Unless, sometime, they, add, unless they supplement that with something. Else. Sometime in March, they're taking PS3 and Vita off the list. I think they're going to probably start adding PSVR into there more regularly, okay. especially with that base increasing. Yeah. I That's think it's just silly not to. And the, and the fact that people have become so used to having six games available, I think they will likely just offer more PS4 games and probably two PSVR games mm-hmm. per month, which wouldn't be bad. I mean, like I, I always download all six games every month just so I have them in perpetuity in case I want them. But I'm not taking out my old PS3 and plugging it in to play one random game free for month. So I think it's a smart choice, even though it looks initially not great. Uh, they also have been making... I don't think it's big to us in the room, but it is to a lot of our audience and I think a lot of more mainstream players. PS Now. Uh, I forgot to mention PlayStation they, Now. Yeah. A service that They recently allowed for it to have the ability to download and play offline PS2 and PS4 games that are available really on the cool. service, which is, I think, them trying to move closer to parity with Game Pass. They're nowhere near it yet, yeah. but I think that is them trying to make initial steps toward making that a more viable, more interesting part of the uh, gaming ecosystem that mm-hmm. they have. Yeah. Uh, so that was a very smart move and I think a very I think a lot of their moves that don't look great initially or just aren't as interesting are much more forward thinking moves yes. um, PlayStation moves <laughs> well yeah I remember still that. have those for PSVR <laughs> All right, let's move on to Xbox. Oh, hi. Ryan, 
The Xbox One is also five years old. It sure is. Uh, Xbox One X is a year old now. Yeah. Um, this year, uh, we talked about Forza Horizon 4. Mm-hmm. Universally beloved. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the best game with cars in it. It's the best, it's the best <laughs> car driving. Because I don't even necessarily call it a racing game. You can race in it, yeah. but it's a driving game. And it is, it is the best one in the last at least half decade, if not longer. Uh, also big this year was Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't review super well across the board, and it, it did launch to, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, not a lot of meat on the, the skeleton's mm-hmm. bones. Ah, skeletons. Yeah. Pirates. What's well, a common problem with these games as a service? <laughs> but, That's all we got for it. <laughs> with these games as a service, it's hard to provide enough content it really is. for people. Yeah. We'll just play it all day long. But even yeah. as we sit here in December, Sea of Thieves is already a pretty radically different game than it was when it launched in March. They've, they've done a lot to it. Rare deserves a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. And State of Decay 2. Yeah, which, uh, you know, it's sort of, I don't want to say it came and went. It, it kind of released again to like a lot of sevens. I think we gave it a seven something ourselves. But yeah, they released it at 30 bucks. Yeah. And it's uh, it was like, yeah, you, you can't argue with the, the value and the content that you got for that. And it's it's there's still not another game like State of Decay 2. It was a shame that... They switched game engines, and they presumably had a bigger budget, and a lot of the same just unfortunate technical problems still plagued State of Decay 2 that, that plagued State of Decay 1. But nevertheless, like the core game is still unlike anything else out there. So it is a really fun game for uh, that, that even launched at a budget price and is part of Game Pass if you yeah. happen to pick up an Xbox this holiday. Yeah, and Microsoft acquired that developer. Yeah, I mean, year, right? that's, I'm sure we're going to be talking about yeah. that now. That, that's really, Microsoft's year was, was not about so much about shipping games this year uh, as it was about building for the next generation coming up. Yeah. Mm. But this year, Microsoft, or the Xbox, did get a few games that were previously exclusive to PlayStation 4, like Hellblade, yes. Nier Automata, and mm-hmm. No Man's Sky. Yes. And I mean, so that's great to sort of fill out the library there. Yeah, and, and they were all, the versions that came to Xbox were all really good, too. You know, No Man's Sky took a lot of flack when it launched on PS4 uh, two years ago. But the version, the X, uh, No Man's Sky Next, had addressed a lot of that stuff. And, and in fact, I think No Man's Sky Next was nominated for some awards, both at the Game Awards and, and I believe at IGN, too. Like, I think there was Best, Best Ongoing Game. game. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's come a long Best way dinosaurs. as well. Yeah, yeah and, and Hellblade was great from the get go. Yeah. So well, and they're they're in the under the Xbox wing now. So. Will, yep, yeah, another one exactly. Yeah, Ninja Theory, mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, and then on the hardware side, Microsoft released the adaptive controller. Yeah, which is a uh, totally unique thing. Which is which is just a wonderful thing for uh, for the community of gamers who who uh, you know can't necessarily uh, use a, the traditional gamepad in in uh, in the traditional way, and it's that they worked with the the that community the 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 assisted uh, needs community to for, to build this controller in a in a way where you can plug all kinds of different it's got like a million ports on it to plug all kinds of different things into it to to really be able to to game however you are able to game and it's mm. just a it didn't get a ton of press but mm. um, it's it is one of those ways like you can you can criticize Microsoft for a lot of things about how their 2018 ultimately went. But you can't, one thing you definitely can't fault them on is they've had a very clear message about, uh, and that is like they want to, they want everybody playing on any device in any, any way that they are able to play, whether it's with an adaptive controller or on a phone or 
uh, from a from a PC or what have you, and and they've they've really uh, embraced that in a in a huge way. I I think that controllers inclusion this year for Xbox is one of the most important progressive things I think any of these three companies have done for just the fact that gaming can only grow if the company's making it allow it to. Right. And to be able to let as many people not just create them but play them mm-hmm. and yeah. enjoy them and speak about them and criticize and praise them. And I think allowing that as part of the Xbox community is such a smart move, of course, view wise it looks great. But I think it comes from an honest place of wanting it does. It really to does make with them people who normally might not be able to play these games be able to. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people sort of um, harangue Microsoft and the Xbox for, for uh, not having a ton of like first party support and, and not having the same amount of games as Nintendo and PlayStation. But I think what Microsoft does really smart uh, where, where it makes up for what it lacks is by doing things like this or, or looking to um, uh, game preservation in terms of what they're backwards bringing compatibility. to their backwards yeah. compatibility, just second to none. Um, that's one of the key reasons that I own an Xbox is there's so many more games available to me via the Xbox than there is anywhere else. And but I you don't have yeah. to dig out your old console. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And just the thing like Game Pass I think is brilliant yeah. in that there are, even this month there are like four or five indie games that are on Xbox and Windows only. And mm-hmm. so as someone who doesn't have a Windows PC... I can get Game Pass for $20 and play six games instead mm-hmm. of spending 100 this month. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Damon, you mentioned the Xbox One X. It, it got down to 450 and even with the holiday deals, I think you could find it for four mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it became uh, really unequivocally the best place to play th- most third-party games. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption Red Dead looks 2. M- yeah. noticeably better yeah. on Xbox One X. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, backwards Sorry. compatibility. That's I th- it's it's the services that Xbox is providing that I think it's really the area that where it's really excelling these days. I think it's the only console with built-in backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, going back two generations. Yeah, yes, is really cool. And then Game Pass. Game Pass has to be the future of video games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such it, an yeah. awesome. It's service. quickly becoming the present. Microsoft's doing an incredible job on it, and and I don't think they're. I think we are going to look back on Game Pass in five years, maybe even three, hmm. and be like, oh, yeah, how, how did we ever not have this? Right. How is this not the de facto standard, you know, just even three years ago? Like, that's, I think, next generation, that is, that is going to be the, the way of the world. I do wonder what it does for development costs. I know this was a discussion we had when it first was announced of how, as things balloon and balloon and cost on the AAA scale, how you allow for that to be like, we'll mitigate the sales by charging this $20 thing where you can get those games instead of having people pay $60 per. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see. If Microsoft can, so they're obviously leveraging uh, the first party content that they do have yes. to grow the Game Pass library. And I think there will be a tipping point where they have enough of that content to to bring in a huge installed base for Game Pass itself that yeah. then they can they can leverage that to get third parties in and, and it'll just snowball into into effectively Netflix. Yeah. Uh, as far as like you just you have to have that subscription. Also Xbox is uh, the only console to support EA Access. Content, yeah, yeah, for the last, what, three, four years now? It's been a while. Yeah. It's been quite a while. So, all that considered, did the Xbox One have a good year? I mean, it, I guess it's it depends how you're, <laughs> like, sort of what the what the metric is. I, unequivocally, the PlayStation 4 had a great year by every metric. Mm-hmm. I, none of us would, would disagree with that. Um, I think the Xbox had a great year from every metric except actual games, uh, first-party games released. Forza 4... Yes, phenomenal. State of Decay 2, good. Sea of Thieves, solid. But then it was the, the crickets chirped after that. I mean, that, that was it. But, you know, we started to touch on 
the uh, ultimately seven studios they mm-hmm. purchased this year. Five announced at E3, two more at uh, at at XO18, the two RPG studios, mm-hmm. Obsidian and In Exile. Uh, that that this is a company that I mean, they even at E3 they were the ones. Phil got up there and said, "We're building our next generation thing. It's coming." Yeah, you know, Sony yeah. didn't didn't say they that yet. Say, of course, yeah. it's happening. But yeah. Yeah. you know, Microsoft they they are not. Uh, they're being very transparent about the fact that. They're they're rebuilding the plane in midair, but guess what? Like it's going to be a fighter jet if if it can hang in the sky long enough. And next generation, they're they're going to be armed with a dozen first party studios, all with with pretty impressive pedigrees. And uh, if Scarlet, the Xbox Scarlet, the code name for the next generation console, follows the 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 track of the Xbox One X being a a, a very powerful, maybe even slightly like proprietary, you know, the, the X has sort of proprietary cooling system in it, and it's, it is like a hyper-specialized gaming machine uh, that, that really doesn't bother with the, like, forget about all the multimedia stuff, no more TV, TV, TV. So if they keep down that road uh, on the hardware side, the Xbox is, is really going to come out of the gate swinging mm. in the next round. They seem to be really forward-facing right now, which I think makes sense in understanding where they have to cut their losses. Exactly. But I think... For me, the most impressive thing was after a couple years where it was very clear to me that Sony had the best conferences at E3, I thought Microsoft's was killer this year. They had a great great show. Not just in showing Gears and Halo coming back and everything, but just in general, the feel of that show had a great pace. It had great third-party support. It had great forward-thinking things with the studio. It was all all in one place. Yes, that was nice. (laughs) Well, I mean, now E3 2019, uh, Microsoft sort of of has the show to themselves under under the, the terms that Microsoft and Nintendo aren't directly competing right. for that triple yeah. A, you know, yeah. uh, high definition. It's game. an opportunity for them to really make that an event, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. I don't think they will, though. Uh, I kind of feel well. like, well, <laughs> just, there's 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 two schools of thought, right? You either you you hit the gas harder with Sony not even there, and really try to, you know, put put your uh, foot on their throat a little bit. But this, you know, this generation is it is. "Quote unquote lost for them mm-hmm. in the in the mindshare definition of the word, and they are playing for the next generation. They've made that abundantly clear. It's the I battle, think they, not the war. It really is, yeah. Or, or in their case, the war, not the battle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I do think they're gonna. I think 2020 is going to be the year where they they basically like show everything that all these new newly acquired first party studios are, are well, working on. And next year is going to be about Gears Five. So do they yeah. do they hold for 2020 and then come out of the gate swinging with with something in development or ready for purchase in from each of these studios? Like, do they launch their new system and have this army of of basically first party software ready to go? Like, I think a lot of it. Um, you know, so I I believe Halo Infinite will be the the signature game to launch alongside the Scarlet. Uh, they Microsoft has said 343 has said that it it will be coming out for the Xbox One, and, and I do believe that. That's part of Microsoft's whole blurring of the generational lines, but I think it is going to be a showpiece title for uh, the Scarlet, and uh, we were talking about Unlocked recently. The original Xbox is the only Xbox of the three that's actually launched with a Halo game. Yeah. yeah. The 360 didn't. Halo 3 came in 2007, two years later, and uh, the Xbox One didn't. We got Halo 5 three years later. So the, I think, I think you, you know, they, their backs are up against the wall. Uh, you have to come out with with your best stuff. Halo Infinite had a, an incredible debut at E3 this year. And they also, you know, Gears 5, they said 2019, mm. Halo Infinite, 
No we'll date given. Yeah. It's 2020. Sometime, yeah. It's going to be a Scarlet game. So you got that. Uh, you've got uh, probably we're due for Forza Horizon 5 on that machine. Yeah. Sure. We're, uh, Fable will probably not be ready uh, from, from Playground's other team. That's the, the hot and heavy rumor that, that that's what they're making. Kind of all but confirmed. But that's they'll probably they'll show it, I'll bet. And then it'll be like maybe the, the second Christmas game. Uh, I think they're going to be really ready in 2020 to, to not only say, here's a killer launch lineup for our new generation, but here's like our whole first year and it's sure. going to rock. I think huh. 2020 is going to be fascinating. Don't get me wrong, I think we'll get good games next year, but I can't wait to see on the Sony versus Microsoft level of the first party support because like you were saying, Microsoft has all that stuff coming. Sony has these games that will probably straddle the PS4, PS5 line. And then things like, I mean, obviously, Gorilla is making a new Horizon. I don't think they're trying to aim that for the PS4 next year. Insomniac's going to be working on Spider-Man 2, we assume. Exactly. God of War 2 will be in production, we assume. I think those things are going to come relatively earlier in the life cycle of PS5, so I can't wait to see just the amazing wealth. Of Absolutely the right. You're, you're going to have to have both consoles, in addition to, of course, your Switch or maybe the Switch 2 that we've heard, you know, the, the or the just hardware refresh right. of it. Like, yeah, it's... You, you better be, save your pennies and be a multi-platform gamer yeah. <laughs> next generation. Uh, Ryan, I noticed you haven't mentioned Crackdown 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know else, you know who else hasn't said a lot about Crackdown 3? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe I mean, that, no, I mean, <laughs> hey, in all honesty, like, it's, it's had a rough road. Um, but at the same point, no one's played it in... Well, I guess they did show it at XO18, and mm-hmm. and by all accounts, made a brief like appearance at the but, Game Awards too. But uh, as far but playable, like right, right, to right. really yeah. make some judgment on it, all they showed was the multiplayer, uh, which had been people have been waiting to see that multiplayer, power of the cloud, all that, and uh, it, it was apparently fun, but pretty shallow based on what they showed there. So really. Uh, the, the jury is still out on Crackdown 3. I don't think anybody's at this point necessarily expecting it to be a a, a, a game of the year contender, but it's it could have, like, we've seen it before where a game goes through hell like that and ends up coming out the other side and, and turning out incredible. So mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. see. All right, and finally, that brings us to Nintendo Switch. Hey, Zach. hi, hello. Hey, buddy. Coming uh, into coming into 2018, Nintendo is coming off one of its best years ever. Pro- launched, probably its most important year ever. They launched a new yeah. console. Everyone loved it. They launched a new Zelda and a new Mario, and they put out the best, probably the best Mario Kart yeah. uh, ever as well. And all three of those games were in the top 10 best-selling games of the year. And continue to just rack up sales. Uh, I think we learned just today that, that uh, what was it, 50% of all Switch owners own all three of those games? Or, well, yeah. or... W- 50% own each. each. So, yeah. yeah, and I'm in the group that owns, I don't know what percentage owns all three. Well, I'm have, in yeah. that group. I would assume most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zelda had that crazy at launch of Switch over 100% attach rate because people were buying multiple copies by sure. and everything. Yeah. yeah. But then, at least coming into December this year, mm-hmm. Nintendo doesn't have any game in the top 10 best-selling games. Uh, right. Sophomore slump is a, is, a, is a term that is thrown around yeah. in music circles sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, I don't know. Listening to the way that you guys are talking about e- each of your respective consoles years, I feel like Nintendo is kind of playing foil to those those consoles, right? Where as uh, last year, Microsoft or Sony had uh, Horizon, right? And kind of these like 
either new IPs or like second tier AAA titles and Nintendo used that to their advantage and released Zelda and Mario and mm -hmm. and while there is some discussion as to whether or not they should have held Mario for the second year which I kind of have a tendency to agree with um, what no I was <laughs> really I don't know I think that I think that they could have used another like major major hit like that this year they um, had some gaps yeah sure. but this year Nintendo sort of flexed uh, a couple of their like I don't want to say B tier uh, franchises but you know they brought out like Kirby Star Allies Mario Tennis Aces um, things like that and then it, it wasn't until much later in the year right in the 11th hour that we got um, Pokemon Let's Go and Smash so, so yeah Pokemon and Smash two of the biggest selling franchises of all time um, so holding off till the end of the year kind of leads everybody to have this conversation of like eh, well it was just an okay year for Nintendo but uh, you know on top of it Tennis Aces and All Stars um, or Star Allies sorry we also got Octopath Traveler. Which one of my favorite games this yeah. year. Yeah. Which Nintendo published. Mm -hmm. uh, Square Enix developed, but yeah, right. Nintendo published that one. <clears throat> uh, we, also got, uh, we also got Weird and got a little Nintendo Labo action this year. Yeah. 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 Nintendo uh, introduced Labo this year. As a dad, I have to say that's it's it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like if, if I didn't have kids, I probably wouldn't care at all about Labo. But uh, with my seven-year-old daughter, it's been an absolutely wonderful experience to to build those and pl and play with those together it's been yeah. great well, yeah. i wonder i mean i i just wonder is it can we can we call it a success? I know Nintendo Labo? Yeah. I don't think Nintendo so. Nintendo has been trying so I, I mean i think it was a success in the way that it it captured some people's imaginations like like yeah. Ryan is saying i've heard a lot of parents talk about Labo and a lot of schools talk about Labo in terms of like but engineering and science but parents like Ryan and Per Schneider who are big gamers right. buying this for the kids i don't Potentially. know if he, i don't know if you're just your regular parent right non-gamer parent is buying this i for do the also kids. wonder if it will be indicative of Nintendo's plans in the future for switch because when switch launched they talked a lot about how people are like oh you can slide the joy-cons on there but obviously it's built to slide other things on and they were like mm -hmm. well you know we'll see what we do with that or how we use the Joy-Cons differently and Labo was yeah. sort of the first indication of what they'll do differently with right. them mm -hmm. and I love that ingenuity because that is so Nintendo so yeah. I'd love to see them even if this wasn't the huge sales success it could have been I would love to still see them try iterate and, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I agree with that um, we also got Super Mario Party yep um, Party. yeah pretty Which major it's traditionally been a very uh a very big selling game for Nintendo. Yeah, and honestly, this this Mario Party is uh, I, I hate to use it as cliche a term as uh, return to form, but honestly, like the way that people talk about Mario Party this generation is is more positive than I've heard them talk about Mario Party in the last few. Mm -hmm. um, Xenoblade Chronicles Two got a major expansion. Uh, I'm not a Xenoblade guy, much of the chagrin of NVC fans, but <laughs> yeah, but it does have a huge following actually, and uh, this is like a, a really huge expansion for that. And then, uh, like I already mentioned, Pokemon Let's Go and um, Smash. Yeah. But I think to to the point. That we were talking about earlier, um, Nintendo is really relying on the idea uh, that so many people missed the Wii U generation. Um, and yeah, exactly. Like there are so many people, 13 million units was the, the total sales for Wii U. So like not a ton of Wii U's out there. Switch um, already outsold so, it. Right. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. So uh, they're using this as an opportunity to dig back through that library and really bring those gems over to Switch and are seeing like tremendous results from that as well. So this year we got um, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is arguably one of the greatest platformers of all time. Um, and we also saw uh, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker uh, and the, the, oddly the world ends with you, Final remix coming yeah, over that was, from... Which wasn't a Wii U game. Yeah, no, that was yeah. a DS game, yes. but like, yeah, you know, they relied heavily on ports as well this yeah. year. Bayonetta 1 and 2. Uh, yeah, Bayonetta and 1 and 2 as well. Hyrule Warriors was also this New yeah. Super Mario yeah. Brothers uh, Deluxe, U Deluxe is Comes out in a month. Yeah, in January. Next, January yeah. Yeah. next year. Yeah. Do you think that's... Is it too many Wii U ports or not I, the right ones? I or? don't think that it's... I, I No, I, both of those, no. Uh, I don't think that it's too many Wii U ports because... 
so many people miss out on an opportunity to play completely. so many of these amazing games that, yeah. that you know, as a lifelong Nintendo fan, I, these are the games that I played on Wii U, but I also relish the opportunity to get to play them again on my Switch. Mm -hmm. Taking Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker on the road during my summer vacation this year was like so awesome for me. Um, it was great. And also having yeah. it as like a two-player thing with the Joy-Cons of being able to just split those off yeah. and easily play with someone was totally. You left out one other killer port too. I'm being 100% serious. Uh, Diablo 3 is an yeah. absolutely yeah. phenomenal yeah, 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 right. on Switch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. being able to play that anywhere. I was going to talk about that at like in third-party support, but hey, oh, fair enough. Did, yeah. They we did have two wrong it. ports, though. They haven't ported Wind Waker and picked yeah. three. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, and there's also the the often rumored uh, Metroid Prime trilogy that we still haven't heard anything yeah. about. That that, and I'm not even sure if that really exists <laughs> or or if we just created that out of our own imaginations, like out of our sheer like, willpower. Like the Metal but, Gear trilogy yeah, from IGN yeah. days of your trilogy. <laughs> Good lord! I just want the uh, the NES remixes. Yeah. Yeah, those are yeah. great. Well, I've got some good news for you. Uh, no NES remixes, but you can play some NES games yeah. uh, on Nintendo uh, Online. Let's get to that in just a sec. You mentioned sure. the third party support. Um, still, still struggling there in that area a little bit, but significant ports like Diablo 3, uh, Dark Souls Remastered, Dragon mm -hmm. Ball Fighters. Yep. Um, what else? Of course, Fortnite mm -hmm. is, on, is on Switch now. And then Mortal Kombat 11 was already announced to be coming to Switch. Which for is, day and day. Yeah, yeah, which is wild. That's I mean, really, really cool. we talked about that on NVC this week. Uh, that's uh, nvc.ign.com. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Um, but, but that's such a huge boon yeah. for Nintendo to get a game uh, for an that. Yeah, an Ed boon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it'll be the you can it'll be the portable version of Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. They have also in Japan been doing streaming games of some of the stuff yeah. that they have lacked. So that's something true. Something like AC Odyssey, uh, isn't Resident on, Evil Seven, Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. They aren't on Switch for everyone, but in Japan you can stream them, which is yeah. interesting yeah. to see how that'll evolve. Yeah, not sure if we have the the real infrastructure to carry out something sure. like that yeah. here, but that mm -hmm. yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit this year. The Switch uh, received a steady stream of amazing indie games. Incredible indie games. Year. Yeah. Dead Cells, uh, Into the Breach, Darkest Dungeon, Hollow Knight, Celeste. Like mm -hmm. Those are just off the top of my head. It's funny to me. Uh, Microsoft was the standard bearer for killer indie titles on the yeah. 360. And then I feel like Sony kind of took that mantle at the beginning, the beginning of this generation. Yeah. And now yeah. I feel like Nintendo has it. Yeah. Well, I feel like there was a long time where, where the Vita had that title as well. There's tons of killer indies coming to the Vita. And uh, this... You know, as as one sort of fades away, the Switch kind of stepped into the spotlight, and it's such a perfect machine to play a bunch of these indies on. I can't tell you the number of hours I spent in Dead Cells and Darkest Dungeon this year. Like, yeah. Firewatch yeah. got moved over. Firewatch yeah. did Chris get moved just over. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the Switch is We're portable. Talk about that. <laughs> the the fact that the Switch is portable. It can't be underestimated just how like significant that is for the console. Because when I play games on other consoles, I'm just like, why can't I just take this with me? Well, it's it's <laughs> wild. Exactly. Like it's wild because. There are so many of us out there that that will take a lower res version of a AAA game mm -hmm. strictly based on portability, right? Like, I'm not a huge Mortal Kombat guy, but it's a game that I'm going to play in 2019, and I might as well wait for the Switch version because yeah. I can play that anywhere. You yeah. know, I can play it on the bus on the way to work or whatever, and just that factor alone makes it such an easier decision on, oh, what, what console am I going to get this on, even if it yeah. looks not as great, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Nintendo Switch eShop, though, is a mm. total mess. Oh, God, yeah. It sure is, and... Well, uh, they need to fix that. Yeah. It's like, no, there's no curation. There's no recommendation system. Mm -hmm. It's just full of shovelware. You can't find anything you're looking for. Yeah, I saw your tweet this morning about uh, some some good eShop shovelware. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's not. I, I don't really know what their plan is there. I, I thought that that a t kind of an eShop overhaul would come along with um, Nintendo Switch Online infrastructure, and that's just it. Just hasn't happened yet. But we did get Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, which is also not very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> not a great deal um, overall. It just it's it's confusing. Uh, not a ton of like really 
great games. Uh, in terms of like a, a virtual console replacement, it's oh, no. severely lacking. Yeah, no, it uh, you know, the, the conversation around that uh, early, even earlier this year was like, well, at least we'll have whatever their online offering is because surely they'll bring NES, SNES, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance games to the surely. Switch. And uh, it, no, none of those. I still I mean, haven't subscribed to Not even the best I, NES yeah. games. Well, so yeah, yeah I, it took me a long time to come around to the idea of subscribing to it. And I freaking host our Nintendo shows. I, I did <laughs> only because it was only $20. Yeah, sure. I'll be honest. I was like, yeah. all right, I can do 20 and then if something comes along, I, I'm there. But right. if it had been 50 I would I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. In yeah. terms of a virtual console thing, though, uh, Andrew Goldfarb and I spoke to Reggie at Ooh. E3. Uh, Andrew yeah. Goldfarb, mm-hmm. uh, noted Friend of the Persona show. fan. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were talking to Reggie about the fact that they sort of see this as the virtual console successor, mm-hmm. but they're obviously taking a very different approach to it. I think their idea is more just... Yeah, they're gouging us, dude. Oh, yeah. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're just like, you'll have this full library instead right. of picking and choosing, but the full library is three games a month right. so far. We'll see yeah. if it grows. I'm, I'm curious sure. to see how they change and it, that. That's not to say that it doesn't do some interesting things, like the SP versions of these games that are getting released on Virtual Console, that, or Jesus, Nintendo Switch <laughs> Online, that allow you to start Legend of Zelda with the White yeah. Sword and a bunch of rupees, or or you know show up later in the game with Metroid. Like It's it's sort of a remix on these classic titles that we know and love, but not enough to justify uh, the weight or the cost. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Um, but the, the uniqueness of the Nintendo Switch design has been seeing some cool things from even third parties, like mm-hmm. the Flip Grip. The Flip Grip looks really cool, yeah. Gamer and Jeremy Parrish. Mm-hmm. That's the, that device is so cool, it feels like it was made just for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arcade shooters. Yeah. I've seen really cool stuff like that as well. Yeah, and we'll continue to see more. I I, I should have written it down, but we uh, Brian Altano has fallen deeply in love with a, a, a similar grip that that extends the uh, the width of, of the, the actual Joy-Con themselves. It's supposed to be more comfortable? Yeah, he says it makes it feel like an Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. You know, it changes your position uh, of your thumbs on the Switch, uh, which is, I, I didn't really have an issue with until I started playing a lot of Smash, <laughs> and then I realized how <laughs> close those buttons are together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't really talked about Smash, but of course that is a huge game arriving right at the end of the year. Yeah, I uh, I had to issue an, a public an apology because I, I've... I've not been a huge Smashman in the past. I, you know, I've been a fair weather Smash fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm more of a Nintendo fan of Mario, Zelda, you know, Kirby, etc. But uh, wow, is Smash Ultimate good? Yeah. It, it is every bit worth the wait, and so much fun, and so rewarding, and very addicting. I don't, are you guys playing much uh, Ultimate? I'm going to play it. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got to get a pro in, yeah. controller though. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. Right. Pro is great for you. Never has there been a better case for the pro controller than Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, Ultimate. Very true. I, yeah. I dipped out of Smash after Melee. Like I tried Brawl and yeah. Wii U, but I really didn't get into them in the way I got into Melee. But this has enough. Of, like, there's just so much in there mm-hmm. to explore that I am feeling that urge. To yeah, get back I into mean, it. World of Light is like damn near an RPG. Yeah, I, I, and just the the idea of playing through every. Uh, every character in classic mode and unlocking another character at the end of that is like, it's been done a hundred times before, but it just feels so good. And it's so fun. Like, yeah, I've been playing a lot, a lot of ultimate. No, I'm sure as, as you guys have discovered when you're an adult, and you can just buy a video game whenever you want, you have to hold back something for your parents to get you for Christmas. So this year I chose Smash Brothers. Nice. Your parents are buying you Smash? I mean, I hope so. That's, <laughs> That's what I told them I wanted. It's going to be a socks. bummer of a Christmas, if not. <laughs> um, How will you get it if they don't buy it for you, Damon? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have to wait till my birthday. Oh, dang. <laughs> uh, the Nintendo Switch just still does not have Netflix, though. True. Yeah, but it does have YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. YouTube came this year, which was a, a, a Still, and Hulu. baffling to me because I'm an old guy, but uh, I was just so surprised when people were like writing into the show to be like, you didn't talk about YouTube coming to the Switch. I was like, well, that's just YouTube on Switch. Yeah, but know. yeah, apparently Probably it's a huge deal. Yeah. Zach, that's where they watch us at YouTube.com slash IGN. 
and other YouTube sites. You need to get the IGN app on there. Yeah. Uh, so, Zach, all things considered, did Nintendo Switch have a good year? Um, soft yeah 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 i think i think nintendo switch had the very definition of a good year um if i would give it a rating on the ign scale i would give it a 7.0 for good not Mm. great Mm. um and nearly okay nearly Uh, okay i think they're setting themselves up next year to have like a really killer year but uh this year overall mostly fine is 2019 gonna be uh metroid oh hell no what about uh what about (laughs) well big new pokemon game that's supposed to yes pokemon for sure and there's a part of me that believes that yes we will see metroid prime just because of the way that they've been releasing uh you know kind of keeping these games under their hat and then being like by the way it's out in the fall or you know we didn't know about smash in january and now we're playing Smash. What's the, what's, you know, Nintendo's kind of had the one big game at E3 that they themed their entire booth off mm-hmm. of and, and revolved their entire show around. Right. What's that game in 2019? I very well think it, it's probably Pokemon. Yeah. Or Animal Crossing. Depends or on Animal Crossing. Yeah. yeah. Animal Crossing as well. Um, they'll also have Luigi's Mansion 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yes. so psyched for that. And yeah. Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah, yes. Yoshi's Crafted very World is looking very good. This yeah. new Fire Emblem, Three Houses. I don't care about Fire Emblem, but I yes. care about Fire Emblem. <laughs> uh, Who the hell is Marth? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I also am curious what they're going to do with Ubisoft, because at least in these two years of the mm-hmm. Switch's life cycle, we got Mario and Rabbids. I mm-hmm. assume we'll get a sequel announcement. Right, and then, Starlink. So. And then yeah. Starlink this year with Star which, Fox. Which basically so. had its own Star Fox campaign. Yeah. That was just like a... a the Star Fox game we've always wanted. So yeah, yeah I, I yeah. think that, that that partnership in particular is very interesting to I'm me excited as well. to see what happens yeah. there. Also, an exclusive announcement that just came out of the Game Awards, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Which yes. is not... Nintendo yeah. Switch that's, exclusive. That's a decade gone, that yeah. game, that, <laughs> that franchise. Like nobody's... And developed by Team Ninja? Like, Ninja. Absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. A huge, huge deal for... for Nintendo Is it get, really though? I think like, so. Honestly, I don't want to be about, too much of a downer, but like the MUA games weren't that big of a deal back Mua. in the day. <laughs> I did not call them MUA. Uh, I, I loved them. They weren't. Games. But you know what else wasn't that big a deal in 2009 was the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're that's talking true. about you're, you're one or two true. films deep at that point. Maybe just maybe just Iron Man. Yeah. Now. I mean, Marvel is the second biggest franchise on the planet behind Fair Star point. Wars. So, what yeah. was the second Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? Was I it? think it was Thor. I uh, no, it, no, it was, it was Iron Man, it was Iron Man, then Hulk, Hulk for yeah. Captain America or Incredible Iron Hulk Man two and Norton. Captain yes, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Speaking of things that are just fine, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Iron yeah. Man two. Anyway, I'm just going um, over here in a corner. So no, <laughs> no release window for Metro Prime four or Bayonetta three. That's right? true. Still yeah. waiting on that. I bet you. I. I I bet you we at least see Metroid Prime Four. I don't know that it's coming out next year. I'd yeah. like part of me likes to would like to think so, but it's, I mean, yeah. they have a pretty strong year. Given that it's anyway. given that the last time we saw it was E3 2017, and it we was just a logo. Yeah. yeah, we just saw the number four, uh, and we've it's been radio silent this year. It doesn't leave me feeling too confident. Yeah. So. but hopefully they'll show something of it at E3. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, there's also rumors of a Switch redesign. Yeah. for next year, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing uh, confirmed. Pretty, but honestly, like pretty substantiated rumors too. The way that 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 rumor came down seems like like it was basically a done deal. I but. think it's coming from the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And there's yeah. there's a history there. There's a there's a track record there with with the Nintendo handhelds that well, would constantly revise themselves. You're, you're saying that Nintendo has a history of redesigning their handheld devices <laughs> and selling them to you over and over again. Yeah, yes. you're absolutely right. <laughs> and this there's no reason why the Switch shouldn't follow suit. And there are things like that we've talked about in the office quite a bit of like just quality of life things that we'd want to see in a switch 2.0 that, Definitely. that yeah, I'd be more than willing to anti up for. So finally, for those keeping track at home, uh, in terms of the, uh, 
the free games that you get from subscribing to each platform service. PlayStation Plus, $60 a year, gave out $1,500 worth of free games Holy this year. Cow. Highlights would be Destiny 2, oh, Bloodborne, Mafia 3, and XCOM 2. Games with Gold, also $60 a year, gave away $1,061.55 worth of games. Highlights include Metal Gear Solid 5, The Witness, and Super Hot. And then there's Nintendo Online. Did they even break even? Do you even, <laughs> do you even get your dollars a year for a pretty random selection of NES games? Yeah. And what, so we, do, do we value those at what? Two bucks each? Yeah, I don't Three know bucks how to each? quantify that. Depends on who you're talking to. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that one's tough. I hope we'll Nintendo there. does. I mean, it'd be nice if they offered some sort so of. So the, the, the hardest part about Nintendo's online service is that they're, they basically put themselves in direct competition with themselves, right? Because they have the NES Classic and the Super NES yeah, Classic. So if they want people to continue to purchase those, which continue to sell very well, yeah. uh, they can't put SNES games on virtual console or the uh, Nintendo Switch online, right? Or they'd have to select different ones because yeah. if you can run out and pay $90 for an SNES Classic with two controllers and 20 of the best games on SNES, like, what's the point? I just yeah. wish they'd embrace it. Like, I... My original Nintendo Wii is sitting, like, I think it's in the attic somewhere, but because on Virtual Console for that is a perfect port of one of my personal all-time favorite games. Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Pokemon Snap. <laughs> Eastbook 1 and 2, which yeah, was a TurboGrafx-16 yeah, CD-ROM game. My TurboGrafx is long gone. I bought another one, but it's it's like it's broken. And even if it worked, how the hell would I hook it up to a modern TV anyway? It's like, yeah. it's just stuff like that. Like br bring everything that's ever been under the virtual console umbrella I know. to the Switch. It'll never happen though. No, like that happen. that era is so long gone at this point. Like I desperately wish that I had held on to my Wii because I, I also had a ton of virtual console games. But the idea of getting... TurboGrafx-16 and Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 games all in one place, it, that's a bygone era at this point because look at how lucrative these mini consoles are. Even Sony's putting out there like yeah, half Yeah, I, I mean like you were saying, be this way. The, those consoles can't be a ton to manufacture and so the money they're making back on them right. is and they're selling this well. I was talking to a friend of the show, Jared Petty, about this. Like In the last 18 months, the retro market, the, the nostalgia market has skyrocketed due in part to these mini consoles but also to the fact that like limited availability, right? So... People like um, Capcom are seeing these like just insane sales on Mega Man Legacy collections, and it's because they're they're not available elsewhere at this point. So, all right. So I don't think it's controversial to say that after you know everything I'm hearing is that uh, the PlayStation Four seems to have had the strongest year this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's now, to don't say? Get really? Don't no, get cocky. Don't get cocky over here. Oh, we're, I'm looking at 2019. Don't worry. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're all so in agreement that that's the personal computer is our <laughs> console of choice. So yeah, but that's my final question. Who who who's looking like they're going to have the strongest 2019? And it might be Nintendo. I think it might be Nintendo. Might next be. Year. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah. My personal taste in terms of Nintendo, the breadth of exclusive games mm -hmm. we have coming down the line. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that that's probably a safe bet. Yeah. Like, there's lots of interesting stuff on the horizon for Microsoft. Yeah, I think we Microsoft's gonna gonna, gonna pull up, yeah. <laughs> pull up out of the out of the nosedive yeah. and start to, you know, ascend towards twenty twenty. But uh yeah, uh, Nintendo sure looks great on paper next sure year. Sure does. Yeah. I, I think Sony's a question mark because if those like three big games, if they happen to surprise us and two of them come out next year, then it's looking like a way better year than it if, does right yeah, now. If they but, pull some kind of one two punch with yeah. like Death Stranding and uh The Last of Us or something like that. Like there's there's no competition. Then it, cha yeah, yeah. it changes dramatically, but um, yeah. yeah. 
Gentlemen, thank you for joining me for this very special episode. Uh, all you viewers and listeners out there, make sure to check out... What? No 20 questions? We're not going to play 20 questions? We're not playing 20 questions. That's <laughs> <So laughs> the only reason I came. Sorry, that's, oh, that's, man. Sorry. Damn. <laughs> sorry I bamboozled you. Uh, but everybody uh, should check out the uh, all these respective podcasts. Mm-hmm. Podcast Unlocked. Tuesdays, uh, 3 p.m. IGN, <laughs> Unlocked.IGN.com. Nintendo Voice Chat. Yeah. Now you have to say uh, Thursday, 3 p.m., uh, right there on nvc.ign.com. And Podcast Beyond. Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com and Thursdays at youtube.com. We got you covered Tuesday through Friday here, huh? Yeah. Monday's nice. good luck. Game Scoop yeah. goes up on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, that is all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Jonathan. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop. And we're out. Happy New Year.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.